Hello and welcome to the Pink Isle. My name is Henry Kathman. And, and it's Emma Corey. It's Emma Corey, baby. We're also here. Uh, I hope you guys are ready to power up because we are gonna be doing. Yeah, burn, we're gonna be burn, 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 burn. engaging with the first Barbie superhero movie in Barbie Princess burn, Power. Burn, 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 Excelsiors, whatever the phrase is. So, uh, this is... Uh, s- s- to infinity and beyond. Yeah. Mm. Uh, by brightest day, by darkest night, no evil shall escape Hashtag release Snyder cut. No, no, uh, the- no. This bit is over now. <laughs> okay. So, 2015's Barbie and Princess Power. Now... I can't imagine what possible movie trend could have motivated the creation of this movie. 2015? They're a couple of of years late, but you know. Okay, that's true. It looks like listener uh, Mattel was trying to jump on the Disney uh, Marvel superhero bandwagon. And I guess arguably the DC superhero bandwagon. Well, if you think about it, Barbie was the original Avenger. Explain. You know how uh, Captain America is the first Avenger? Well, that's a lie. It was actually uh, Barbie, but the U.S. government doesn't want you to know that. In- interesting. Now, what what sort of motivation would they have yeah. for hiding that sort of secret? You'll, you know, Barbie needs to keep low key. She can't be like a president, the president, and a doctor, and an astronaut, and also the the first Avenger. So, I guess so. Yeah. That does bring up the question, has Barbie ever done any superheroes? Oh, interesting. Now, well, it doesn't look like they there have been official dolls made. Actually, oh wait, no, no, no. There have been. So, I guess yeah. It's interesting. Barbie has had a series of official Marvel tie-in dolls. Um most of mm. them uh seem to have been sold as collector's items on like the convention circuit but like they have a barbie version of storm the dark phoenix mystique uh, well the x-men aren't real marvel superhero movies they haven't even been exploited by the disney corporation yet oh yet 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 who's excited for phase Funny. This time the Wolverine punches the orange dude. Which orange dude? We have like fifty of them now. There's so a there's an you orange decide. dude. Which <laughs> are you talking yeah. about? Like fan the Fantastic Four man? Yeah. That... <laughs> yeah. I mean they got that too now. So they do. They do. Mm. It's only a matter of time before Disney eventually gets Barbie in the mix. I mean, oh Mattel is actually their official producer of a lot of their Disney princess dolls, so I don't you know. You know, it, it really is only a matter of time. Ugh. Yeah. Can't wait for the next uh, Barbie movies to be dropped exclusively on Disney+. Plus. If As soon as they get on Disney+, Plus, though, they have to immediately be taken off the platform after two months because of... Disney, for some reason, doing the weird streaming contracts. Yeah, but they still keep Hulu around for some reason, even though they also own that. But, like, Hulu is kind of, like, more general content, but Disney owns it for some reason. Anyway, Barbie movies. So, Barbie in Princess of Power 2015. Uh, We got some returning names from this. Uh, Zeke Norton, who listener you might know as uh doing some directing for some of the other barbie movies including princess charm school princess and the pop star the pearl princess so 
This will be interesting. I'll be just just a long shot. I'm thinking it's probably gonna be just okay. You think so? I mean, I'm going. You say that, but uh, hmm. The other uh, the main writer attached to this is actually one who has a lot of experience with superheroes. Uh, it is uh, Marsha F. Griffin, and she's actually had her hand in writing a bunch of stuff for Max Steel, but in addition to that... Of course, she... Max Steel. It's always yes. Max Steel. It always goes yes. back to no, well, 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 alongside that, she is also a producer for the different Marvel tie-in TV shows, uh, including Marvel Rising, uh, as well as the recent Spider-Man show, which apparently a lot of people don't really like, the recent Guardians of the Galaxy show. Oh, Avengers Assemble, which I hear a lot of people like. Uh, oh, I, I remember watching a... that one. Yeah, so, like, she seems to have her... Uh, oh, she also wrote for Batman the Brave and the Bold, Generator Rex, uh, a bunch oh, of those Transformers. Are good shows. Yeah, so... Who knows? Like... I mean, I'm interested to see where she takes this because she, this is a writer who seems a lot more uh, focused on action-oriented shows. So, oh man, I do kind of miss uh, action cartoons they had back in the day. Have you ever watched a Symbionic Titan? Oh man, nope, I have not. Although I'm told that it's on Netflix and it's very good. I was more of a Shaolin Showdown kid. Never watched that one, but... Oh, I'm trying to remember the... Jackie Chan Adventures, that was a good one. Now, I mean, a lot of people criticize modern animation for like being too comedy-focused even in their action shows, but I don't know, like... Hey, it feels like one of those. We've things got that... some uh, modern action show classics like Voltron on Netflix. Everyone loves that one. Oh yeah, no backlash behind that one. And also, She-Ra is there. She like that's yeah. an action show. Like, I mean, I'm just saying. Like, I feel like like a lot of conversations when it comes to American animation, it feels like there's a very specific set of blinders that can sometimes be put on certain kid shows. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. But, I don't know. It, I mean, be it'll be kind of fun to see something that presumably has more action-oriented stuff, since we haven't really gotten that since, like, uh, Three Musketeers, so... Yeah, and, uh, I mean, something to note is that, like, this movie is probably going to be the biggest departure from most of those other stories that we've read so far. Like, I mean, the princess power in it is implying to me that it's going to be another like modern day with a monarchy type thing going on. Yeah, this will be following a princess named Kara of Windmere. Windmire. Hmm. It's just so, like uh, a random town in Scotland she oversees. <laughs> uh, if only. I, You know, honestly, if we were going to do those like modern monarchies, I would prefer if it was just within the scope of a single city. You know, it's, just, just, it's just a city-state, but just run by one yeah. person. Eh. Suddenly this doesn't seem as good now. But <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I'm... I'll be cautiously optimistic on this one. Uh, I mean, especially since this is the 29th Barbie movie. So we're getting to, like, episode 30 soon, Emma. How does that feel? I mean, I'm just thinking about the fact that we've almost watched uh, 30 Barbie movies at this point. Like, we've spent a good percentage of our lives now just watching and talking about these movies. I mean, given... Uh, how we've spent it together. I'm going to say that that's time well spent. You know what? You're right. We do all it right. for Barbie. We gotta do it for Barbie. It's yeah. all for Barbie. So, uh, by the power of Kembo, uh, Pink Isle Assemble!
I'm, I'm stopping the recording. Princess Power Dolls and Pets each sold separately. Join the Super Squad. Visit BeSuper.com. DVD and Blu-ray available March 3rd. Not rated. And we're back. Hey, all you cool superheroes and superhero kittens. Welcome back to uh, Pink Isle and Princess of Power. Princess Power. The Princess Power Hour. Yeah, Timmy, Jimmy, Crossover, Power Hour 2. They made three of those. I know, and I was there for all of them. Yeah, I'll t- I'll say this. It wasn't bad. Yeah, this kind of movie, you know, for all it's it's kind of one of those that fits into like the kind of too weird to really judge on its own because it, at the very least, it feels different from a lot of the other ones we've seen. And I might have even said that I dug it a little bit if the plot was more focused or... I agree with that. There are a lot of interesting elements to it, but as you said, if there was a lot more focus on the actual plot, it would have been, I feel like, a lot more enjoyable. But as it stands, it was just... kind of adds a random, like, secondary conflict to the story, like, halfway through... Yeah. It just felt kind of strange, but... but... And alongside that, there are just way too many shenanigans in this movie. Honestly, I feel like I was needing a Barbie movie with shenanigans. We need more shenanigans in our life. Interesting. I think that's where we're going to have to diverge critically, Emma. No one should ever touch anything ever in this universe, because it seems like every time someone knocks something over, it creates, like, an effect that in- ends up in someone getting bodily harmed yeah the slapstick listener is through the roof on this movie like anything that could go wrong does go wrong and they do it in the most zany way possible but uh yeah this this is kind of a they do sort of capture the feeling of more kind of like comedy based action shows of this era which makes sense given that the writer has a lot of experience in such shows and i imagine that she got like certain notes from Mattel asking her to be like, all right, we want to have action and we want to have certain situations for Barbie to be a superhero, but we can't make it too violent. Barbie never gets to punch anyone in this one. No. So Barbie plays Princess Kara, who is the princess of this uh, special kingdom called Windermere. It's like, it's a castle and then a very small city. And just an infinite field with a volcano in it, so... It was probably formed by some kind of religious offshoot cult, but, you know, we don't... Mm, My my money was more on, like, some sort of eugenics-based, uh, like... Oh, yeah, it's like, it's like in... It's like in some kind of, like... It's like in, like, a tropical country and stuff, because it's got, like, the volcano and everything. It's like... Oh, my God, Emma, it does make me realize that I did not see a single person of color in this movie. Yeah. Like, even the more recent ones have, like, at least made an effort to make someone, like, more dark-skinned. Hey, it does have people that sound like they're from Brooklyn, though, in there. Uh, Like, a bada-boom. You know Um, what? Yeah, take that, SJWs. We got plenty of diversity in this comic-based property. No milkshakes in sight here. We got got ladies with... uh, Hair the color of a 90s Burger King uh, playroom floor. Yeah, at least they aren't putting this stupid forced diversity in this. I'm sorry, I got too depressed thinking about actual comics gate people to continue that bit. But, uh... This is why you should never read comics ever. If you even <laughs> think of it, don't. Paper and the written word is evil. It'll leave you down a path. I'm a... I don't know. So, I think before we actually get further into this... Plot, I mean, uh, there's I pictures quick... and there's words. That's witchcraft there. <laughs> well, I mean, this... In all seriousness, Emma, I do have a quick question. Like, 
when it comes to like superhero fiction, like how familiar are you with it? But like I'm, I've I've watched those comic book movies. I've enjoyed many of them. I have never actually read a comic in my life, though. It seems like a very kind of inaccessible thing for new people to get into. To certain degrees, very much so. I don't know. I'm someone who, I don't know, a thing that when it comes to, like, comic books and particularly superhero comics, I think there's, there is definitely this perception of it being inaccessible to newcomers. On one hand, you got some of the very uh, dense bits of continuity. You got hostility from certain fans of it but i don't know i mean what kind of comic books do you like to read henry uh well i haven't read a lot recently but uh here's a little bit of a dirty secret when it comes to like superhero comics when it comes to like big dense continuity most of that stuff you do not need to pay attention to unless you actively want to know every bit of lore about the superheroes. So something that you can often easily do is... So for any non-comic book fans out there, uh, a little bit of terminology. Whenever a like story arc of a comic is completed, usually the publisher, be it Marvel, DC, or whoever, will collect it in something that's called a trade, which is essentially a... Uh, a compilation of all of those individual issues in something more like a graphic novel. And those are more of the things that I generally read because they're a lot easier to find. You can find them in most libraries, on bookstores, and all that. And it makes it pretty easy to read the whole story in a single place. If there's a superhero that you're interested in, Like, what I recommend is that you just do some Googling on, like, a superhero you're interested in. Look up, like, insert superhero name here, trade, and you'll probably find, like, at least one trade copy of their issues that you can read. And if you read it and you like what you see, good! When it comes to superhero movies, like, the thing that I enjoy about them, don't get me wrong, some of the action stuff and some of the great artwork is definitely a plus, but... I think most comic book fans will tell you that the biggest thing that's interesting about them is seeing how certain personalities clash with one another and seeing how, um, seeing all the different ways that they can be interpreted by the same writer. Like, uh, I mean, one of the reasons why Spider-Man is so appealing is not because just his superpowers, although that's a big element, it's the characters behind it. It's part of the reason why people have that saying of like, oh, Superman's boring because he doesn't have a character. That's a statement I disagree with, but it's one that people are valid to have. All right, who's your favorite superhero? Oh, boy. On the DC side, I'm a fan of Wonder Woman, uh, Batgirl. Not Those aren't the deep cuts. Basically, most of the stuff that I enjoy from DC tends to veer more towards their animated series stuff. But on the Marvel side, I do like me some Spider-Man. I like Kamala Khan as Miss Marvel. I also like, oh, Moon Knight. Have you ever heard of Moon Knight? I have heard of Moon Knight. Yeah, Moon Knight is, uh, especially the more recent run that they did with him is super cool. Um, Truth be told, I'm having a hard time thinking of some off the top of my head. Ooh, a deep cut, Animal Man. Uh, Grant Morrison's run on this superhero called Animal Man. That is a uh, very, very interesting run, especially when it comes to some of the weird stuff that Morrison was able to do. That was a whole lot of rambling about comic books. But the, the point I'm framing is that, like, when it comes to a superhero story, the thing that makes it more appealing is being able to see how the writers comment upon the usage of power because every single superhero is some variation of a power fantasy. I mean, that's part of the design. What if someone was super strong? What if someone could fly? What if someone could climb the walls? And from those superpowers, you end up having a reflection of the different philosophies of how someone would enact good. Some people interpret 
the act of being a morally good person by uh, being able to fight for, like, truth and justice in the American way. Some people view power as a way to enact your will and resources on people. See, I only like the villains because they're the sexy ones and also the cool (laughs) ones. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know I was speaking with the Joker fan. (laughs) No! No! There is nothing sexy about the Joker. But he danced on those stairs that one time. I'm the Joker, baby. <laughs> yeah, anyway. We've gotten very off topic. We should probably get we back have. to talking about but, the movie. But that does lead into a conversation about this movie because each superhero has like a way to comment upon different uses of power. Like um, Superman is a comment on like, what would it be like if someone who was purely good had that power? He's also Versus- apparently a Jesus Christ, according to Zachy S. Yeah, Jesus Christ and Moses. But uh, but my question for you is, like, based off of this movie, how does this movie seem to interpret power? Or I mean, well, what kind of frustrates me about this movie is, like, I think what makes a lot of superheroes appealing, like, you know, like you're a Spider-Man. Well, people, what people like about Spider-Man is that he's, like, a normal guy, you know, he's kind of like, yeah. he's kind of like from like a lower class family. He doesn't have a lot of money. He doesn't get a lot of like fame or love from yeah, everyone for it. And it's through his powers that he's able to like make a change in his community and become a force for good. But like here, when you have someone who who is already in a position of power get superpowers, it's kind of like, well, why don't you, instead of just like using your powers... Why don't you use, like, the political power you already have to make your community better? Because it's like, you know, it that power fantasy aspect is kind of lost because, like, being a princess is already a power fantasy. So you just kind of have two power fantasies on top of one another. And it just That's makes it feel kind of like, man, this, this one royal family has, like, now has godlike powers to enforce their will onto the citizens. That's a bit, uh dubious that is a little dubious i definitely agree with you on that but just to spice up this little mixture how might that contrast with someone like batman then who is also born with all this power and privilege but does have a superpower of being super prepared for everything yeah well i mean i think that kind of goes with like both characters like batman or maybe like iron man and marvels that like they do have, like, already have power via being rich, but they also have their kind of, like, complexities to go with them, you know? They got their daddy issues, yeah. they got their, like, sort of moral quandaries they go through, and that's kind of where, like, the interest and the conflict, like, you gotta think in, like, those sort of, like, Batman and Iron yeah, Man stories, how often their villains are kind of, like, the products of their own actions, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where a lot of the interest comes from. But, like, in this movie, like, Barbie is essentially perfect, so it's, like... Yeah, I think this is a very good illustration of how the focus Mattel has on protecting this brand identity of Barbie, this sort of blank slate yet perfect mirror they like to portray Barbie as sometimes, just how that can sometimes interfere with their ability to tell a compelling story. To be honest, I honestly don't feel the need to like go very beat for beat with this movie because a lot of this movie is just hitting all the sort of cliches of a superhero origin story. Yeah, essentially all you need to know is that uh, we meet Barbie, she's a princess. She apparently has some kind of airplane suit that she's flying around with at the beginning. Oh, so God, yeah. Let's not think about that. And the whole plot is yes. kickstarted because, of course, the royal family has some kind of advisor that's secretly evil and wants to take them over. Yes. So, Baron von Ravendale, what are your impressions of him as a villain? Where does he rank on the Preminger scale? Um, I don't know. It's like kind of like, I feel like skeezy royal advisors that are actually trying to overthrow the throne have kind of become they're starting to get up there in a scorned magic lady in terms of overuse in these Barbie movies especially because here his like his motivations are very uh vague 
Like, I don't know if I maybe missed something or not. He he vaguely talks about how, like, 400 years ago, like, his ancestors lost the kingdom in an unfortunate game of rock, paper, scissors. And because of that, he was made advisor. And it's just like, what? Okay. Like, why are you? Yeah, it's like, you know, you're not really supposed to care about his motivations. He's just kind of there to be an obstacle. So. Yeah. I mean, he just doesn't really stand out that much, I guess. Not really, no. But alongside that, there's not really a whole lot of note before Kara gets her powers. She has these two inventor friends, Madison and Michaela. The listener, the only reason I know their name is because I'm literally looking at a character list. Because how would you describe Barbie Kara's friends' personality? Uh, essentially just that they're like smart and they're able to provide gadgets for Kara and provide exposition. Yep. And they have highlights in their hair. Yeah, they have some very uggo-looking hair, which is, uh... Yeah, they kind of try to do kind of like a comic booky inspired look here, which kind of works yeah. uh, sometimes, other times not. It's kind of... The visual direction in this movie is a bit hit or miss for me. Yeah, especially since, like, when looking at, like, the character models, like... It's strange, because you see they have these very angular faces. The eyes are, like, more widely... Uh, yeah, everyone has more of a big ol' head in this one, and, like, little yeah. skinny twig bodies. Yeah, it's a choice. It, it just ends up making Barbie look a lot more older. And I know that the reason why they did this is to give her more exaggerated facial expressions, but the result is that she ends up looking... Sometimes the facial expressions end up looking a little bit creepy. And some of the backgrounds in this movie just feel kind of like PlayStation 2 to me. I don't know. Yes. So looking all throughout this movie, I again, they were trying to go for like a comic book movie, but some of the backgrounds end up looking almost dead similar to the background map paintings we would have seen in The Nutcracker. And I don't know, they had such visual vi- fidelity in some of these pr- past movies where it just feels like a little bit of a downgrade. Yeah. And this movie is essentially, the overarching plot feels kind of vague. It's just sort of like things happen and after a while yeah. uh, they yeah, kind of start cause... to intersect. It's yeah, because like... after Kara gets her super... By the way, the way Kara gets her superpowers, so Ravendale's making this potion to give him superpowers. So he could take over the world, I guess. And he has this weird pet frog named Bruce. What are your thoughts on the frog? The frog is gross. It creeps me out. It gives me bad vibes. I don't like it. They do way too many jokes with the frog with his tongue. And it's just, it's just uncomfortable. But anyway, they, they spill the potion and a caterpillar gets it and it becomes this weird kissy butterfly with lips and Yeah, lips. It's, it's a butterfly with a human face and lips. With like, it's born with <laughs> lipstick. Yeah, and it kisses Princess Kara and it causes her to trip out for a day. Yeah, so it is kind of like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie. She kind of yeah. has a bit of a freak out at first. Getting, uh... Superpowers because of it. And from there... Also, we forgot they... She also... She has two little sisters and also a cousin character that hates her for some reason. Yeah, I feel like something that would have helped this movie more. Like, the reason why you tell an origin story movie is so that you can give us all of the info we would need about this character. Give us more about their personality, their ideals, their flaws, and we don't really get a whole lot aside from like, oh, my parents are overprotective, and oh... I wish I could do more. Her parents are some, like, going on some privileged BS in this movie. They're just these, like, snooty... Yeah, yeah, like, they talk about how, like, Oh, princess, you should be focusing on giving the perfect wave at the parades and cutting ribbons. And I was gonna think that they were gonna, like, use this to comment upon, like, Hey, we should be using our power and privilege to help other people and to like use it responsibly. But no, they just they don't really do a whole lot to help other people. Like they I guess stop minor inconveniences from happening, but there's not a whole lot that they do to help people. Yeah, I don't know. Like what the 
king and queen actually does in this movie is kind of vague. I suppose it's best not to think about it, really. So, after she gets her powers, she has a basic Superman setup. Flight, super strength, super speed. She's essentially got the Captain Marvel set of superpowers. Which, if you remember back to Magic of Pegasus, that did feature a song that was uh, sung by Brie Larson. So I actually think Marvel copied this movie, really. Yeah, sure. We'll we'll forget the fact. I'll that put that I in my that. Uh, in my uh, t- in my four-hour Captain Marvel takedown video. Oh. Uh, how how far into that video are you? Um, well, it's actually going to be more of a 12-hour video because, you know, I got to, like, stop every time, like, she, like, throws a punch and be like, um, it's okay. unrealistic for a woman to punch things. <laughs> okay, I won't tell you about Chris Claremont and his run in the 70s then. Uh, so she gets these powers and, yeah, you're right in that it is very similar to Captain Marvel flight, super strength, and the magic beams. Only her name is Super Sparkle, because her magic beams are pink and sparkly. Yeah. Very on brand. Very on brand, indeed. And Madison Michaela decided to make her a costume, and... Which, they're just able to just spout out this, like, technology in record time. They could have, like, created a career for cancer at this point, but now they gotta do this rich lady's bidding. Yeah, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. Like, if they weren't working for Kara, you just know that Elon Musk would have scooped them up and- This is actually- they actually are Elon Musk. This is an origin story. The movie actually takes place in uh, South Africa. That would make too much sense. Yeah, don't think- don't think too much about it. Oh, boy. So, just to summarize the first half of the movie, it's basically- Kara gets superpowers, and then she starts doing the cliche superhero things. The first thing she does is that she stops this Rube Goldberg, like, shenanigans where a construction site is, like, falling apart. She saves some bada-bing, bada-boom citizens. Also, we got a Kenbo here, only he's also Lois Lane. So he's got, he's like the one journalist in the whole city. Yeah. So and he's got glasses, so you know he's he's yeah, so well. His name is Wes Rivers. I never trust anyone named Wes. You don't like Wes Anderson? I don't trust anyone who films things so symmetrically. <laughs> Fair enough, but Wes's whole deal is that he's a nerd who who blogs from a coffee shop. And a weird running gag that they have in this movie is that he keeps on spilling his coffee. And I think this speaks to one of the bigger problems with this movie. There are way too many slapstick gags in this. Everyone's so clumsy in this movie. It's a it's a it's a miracle Barbie never manages to like seriously injure someone because she comes very close many a times. Many a times. In addition to that, basically the whole a thing you could summarize is Kara Kara encounters a cliche superhero situation, be it a construction line is failing, some bank robbers are doing a thing, a factory's on fire, and she'll go in, she'll do her superpower stuff, but oh, she accidentally does it bad at first, but then she saves it, and everyone is super happy for her. And then she gets paparazzi, and people take pictures of her, which she finds very flattering, even though as someone who is royalty, she should probably already be a celebrity. Yeah, so it's kind of a miracle no one notices she's the print the superhero sooner. Oh god. Yeah, like oh but but don't you know she's got the pink highlights. So she's got the mask. Yeah. She's got the face mask. Can never yeah. tell. But because of that, I don't know, she ends up being way too focused on gaining attention as a superhero and gaming fame and fortune, which I guess is sort of the Standard with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, but they never really go anywhere with this plot point. It's not like there's like a moment where she's like, oh no, I've become too vain. Like, because the conflict kind of changes in the middle of the movie. So it's like. Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't really. Yeah, then there was also a thing where she was supposed to make a garden where they were like trying to be like, oh no, she's shucking her gardening. Her gardening responsibilities, but. That kind of goes yeah. away, too. It's kind of just underwhelming because of that. But eventually there's a gala 
where it's Kara's birthday party and wait, do you say gala or gala? Isn't it gala? I thought it was gala. Hmm. Maybe it's one of those. Uh, I don't know. What's another ex- potato? Potato. But I have uh, never heard anyone say it potato. I feel like that's a lie. That's, okay, that's fair. What's another example of like people in different places mispronouncing things differently? Oh, uh, uh, when when Canadian people say sorry. Sorry and the boot. Yeah. Uh, or or another. Uh, or a, how do you pronounce B E E N? Bean. Ben? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you would be like, I've I've been there. Yeah, okay. Some places pronounce it like Ben or Bean. Mm, those people are wrong. Or or it's caramel or caramel. See, I like to say caramel, but I just like to be fancy. Fair enough. Anywho, there's a birthday party. And I was under the impression that they were going to be pulling a Hannah Montana thing where it's like, oh, she's got to switch between the superhero and the person. Because her little sisters are like dressing up as her and like seeing if, uh... yeah, that is kind of the thing because it is kind of typical for these superhero films to go into the like the the double life aspect where she's got to balance being the superhero, but also being a regular person. But, uh, yeah. Eh, they don't really go much. But they don't that. really do anything with that. Again, it, like, you think that they were going to start developing, like, the standard, oh, I need to be able to use my new superpowers responsibly. Like, again, the standard with great power comes great responsibility arc. But they just don't really do that. I don't know. People like to uh, make fun of the standard superhero origin story, but those formulas are successful for a reason. We do like people coming to terms with this new set of power and figuring out how to most responsibly use it. Here's another question. If you had a superpower, what would you want, Henry? If I had a superpower, so this is something that I've actually thought about. It's one that would be very temperamental and could have a lot of terrible side effects, but super speed, like the Flash's superpower, I'd be very much down for that just for the idea of like, being basically able to stop time. I don't know. I feel like I would appreciate that. Uh, but also the standard flight would be also pretty nice. Uh, Either telekinesis or turning invisible. Hmm. I mean, turning invisible on paper, that sounds pretty good. Although that would mean that you would have to turn Nate. You would have to like take off your clothes in order to be. Fully no, I, I get the I get those special clothes they get in the superhero things that somehow also. Oh, don't. that lets that lets you graft onto your skin. Yeah. Well, but if you had telekinesis, you would also it would have to be a voluntary thing because if you have to involuntarily listen to the thoughts of people immediately around you, that's I would not, probably that's, go insane. That's telepathy. Telekinesis is moving things with your mind. Oh, actually. Fair enough, fair enough. I don't want to know what weird thoughts are going on in people's brains. (laughs) That sounds horrible. Yeah, that's why we have Twitter. Yeah. It is at this party where Kara is outed. Well, essentially her her mean cousin finds her changing, so... And through manipulation, she's able to, like, get through the techno friends, how she got her powers. Yeah, and... Because of that, she ends up finding the butterfly, and she also gets kissed by it, and because of that, she gets a superpower, and she becomes Dark Sparkle, which they kind of, like, build it up like she's gonna be a villain, but they don't really do much with it. They mostly just have, like, a little bit of a rivalry where they're trying to figure out, like, no, I'm the one that's beloved by the public. No, I am. And because of that, there are more shenanigans. Now it, it becomes into it. Now you have to work together type story. Yeah. Yeah, it's... uh has power sparkle and dark crystal kind of like shoot the shit for a bit in the middle of this movie. And uh, also the Baron is still trying to get the potion ingredients again with his weird frog. Yeah. Kind of goes it's... on like this for a bit. It... It does, and it's honestly not that fun. (laughs) So, I mean, we might as well just skip to the end at this point, because not a whole lot happens, because the Baron ends up completing his potion, and he gets the superpowers. Oh, wait, but this is not before 
Kenbo's uh, name Lewis, again. Yeah, Wes, Wes Rivers. Lois Lane Ken finds out through looking at the pictures that uh, Kara is Sparkle Princess and apparently just like tells her parents. No, not just that. Just outs her on his blog. He doxes this woman, which granted, she's a rich princess with superpowers, but it's still just like, wow, no duty of responsibility there, Mr. Journalist. Like, I guess we're in the TMZ camp of that sort of stuff. I know the reason they did that was because they wanted to like have the whole conflict between Kara and her parents come to a head, but it feels strange to have like a superhero identity outed and the there being a kind of lack of fallout. Yeah, it's kind of a thing where it's like, you know, it doesn't matter too much. Yeah, like ultimately like the main consequences of being outed as a superhero is just her parents grounding her. And that's it. Part of the reason why people like to emphasize Sacred identities is because, like, there can be a genuine element of danger. Like, Spider-Man and Miss Marvel go into great detail about that sort of stuff. In fact, Miss Marvel actually uses that double identity even further, and they do a lot of really interesting stuff with that. Like, listener, if you want to read a good superhero story about a, a young teen superhero coming into her own, read the first run of Miss Marvel. I should specify the first run of Kamala Khan as Miss Marvel because it's pretty old at Very this good. point. But, but yeah, yeah. So I guess after this, we essentially so the parents find out, and then it cut, and they ground and her, and it becomes a whole thing of like, oh no, they're they're overprotective, which I, I mean, I guess that element is there too in the movie, so. Yeah, but later on, the Baron ends up coming into dinner. Yeah, he he finally made the potion, so he flies in, and he's got his own magic beams now, and no one is safe. Yes, except they're green. Yeah, because he's evil, and green is an evil color. Indeed. So he's trying to pull a let's murder the royals thing, which, I mean, because of this, uh, Kara, what's her cousin's yeah, name again? Corinne. They spring into action and they end up having the big fight. And how would you describe this battle between Super Sparkle, Dark Sparkle, uh, and the uh, Baron? People flying around, uh, doing the rapid fire beam throwing. Um. Oh my God! I just realized this thing. It, there's very little different between this climax and the climax scene in a bunch of the Fairytopia movies. Essentially. Huh. I mean, I guess because they're trying to go for that comic book aesthetic, sometimes they make it so that the background around the character is, like, just rapidly moving colors with, like, wave lines. There's a reason why, like, those sort of blank backgrounds are considered kind of lazy in most comic books. Like, most people don't. They gotta, they gotta put more of their time and effort making the lady with the big boobs and the spine that curves. Oh, boy. Listener... I mean, I will say this. This movie does very much accurately emulate the sort of stylistic trapping seen in a standard comic written in the 1990s, so... Yay, good on the you 90s. There. The best time to be alive, according to some weirdos the, on the internet. The be- and the best time for comics said absolutely no yeah. comics Isn't that fans. when, like, all comics were, like, edgy or something? Yeah, it was basically when the standard style of giant dudes with big shoulder pads and a bunch of pockets. It wasn't a good time for comics. So they're fighting the Baron. Oh, and it's not just the Baron that has the superpowers. It's also his freaking frog. The frog frog. even has a tiny mask. Where he got it, no one knows. Emma, I'm going to drop in the chat a picture of this frog because they made a little frog toy for it. And they made... I, I guess they were... The people who made this movie were just told, hey, you gotta add a frog here. And they make this frog look standard feminine. Like, look at that. They gave the frog eyelashes and a necklace and, like, diamond heart eyes in the action figure. But in the movie, that's a villain. It's also a male frog in the movie. 
So I don't know what they were going for with this. Maybe one. it's one of those things where like a lot of the merchandise was probably made before the movie. Also, there's a volcano Sorry. eventually. You thought you we forgot yeah. about the volcano, but you know. Before then, though, like Kara's tells off Corrine and says, "All you want to do is just." copy me because you're so jealous of my life well go live your own life kareen which you know would have been like an actually like cutting insult if we actually knew a single thing about their actual characters yeah, you'd think going by the second half of this movie that it was like maybe this is supposed to be a bigger part of this film but it feels really tacked on and weird uh-huh because of that kara follows the duke to that aforementioned volcano and listener, they had the audacity to give it this name. Emma, would you please share the name of this Mount volcano? Dormat. Mount Dormant. Wait, do we say Dormant or Dormit? I pronounce it Dormant. Hmm. Interesting. We're learning a I lot know, about each other so tonight, many, listener. So many uh, language things. Yeah. Because of that... <laughs> Kara's family has to get up into a panic room that they have in the tower. That's how you know they're rich people. You, they got the panic rooms. Yeah, they got a panic room to save themselves for when the revolution yep, comes. They know it's coming. Any day now. Oh, but, please, uh, please, God. Ugh. But because of that, the Duke activates the volcano, and now, oh, lava is heading straight to the castle. And initially, Kara's doing a pretty good job on her own. She's... She stops the volcano from erupting even further, but oh no, the lava is going through the whole courtyard. No, not the castle. Anything no, but the castle. No, not the symbol of wealth and equality. No. Yeah. Although we don't really see a whole lot about this kingdom. I mean, you you just gotta assume there is some like poor textile worker that's like. In living in this city and is having to make all of those dresses for the princess for like 12 cents an hour. Oh, yeah. Because of that, uh, Kara stops the lava flow from taking over the castle just enough so that the panic room isn't uh, melted away. Uh, she has to further use her magic beams to stop the uh, lava flow from hitting the city. She's like, I guess I'll save the peasants too. <laughs> And it was at this time when I was thinking, huh, normally at this time I was expecting Corrine to, like, come in, but she wasn't. And it was at that point where Corrine comes in to help. And It is it is Corrine. Oh, Corrine. My bad. But they agree, like, oh, I'm sorry. We, we should be nice to each other and work together. Issues solved. Yeah. Conflict resolved. Yeah, no, like, actual delving into, like, why this conflict occurs in the first place. Like, why does Corinne have that jealousy? Nope, we're just, we're just done. But before that happens, the Baron comes in and, oh boy, it's another battle. Yeah, way too much but... frog tongue tying people up yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Don't like yeah, it. Yeah, the frog comes in and wraps them up in his tongue, and it's, uh... Don't like it. It's uncomfortable. Don't approve. No, no, it's bad. It's bad, listener. But luckily, the animal sidekicks also have superpowers now, and they come and save the day. What? Because they established that, I guess, Corinne had trapped the butterfly in her room, so... Yep. So I guess as long as that... I guess as long as that butterfly lives, people can just have, like, infinite, like, superpowers. Huh. But only the monarchy yeah. has access. No one else. Oof. If that ain't an allegory for something, <laughs> I don't know it is. Now that we have the super marketable super pets, we defeat the Baron, throw him in the panic room as a jail. Yeah, they apply, they're just gonna keep him there, so I guess the monarchy uh, has jails their own prisoners, so... Uh, yeah. Screw due process. We got princess power, baby. And, uh, and because of that, Corinne and Kara decide that they're going to work together from now on in order to make the kingdom a better place. But not before making the community garden. Yeah, that's that's about that's the movie. Oh yeah, Kara does like steal West River's 
phone for a little bit, being like, you gotta help with the community garden before you get your phone back. And he's like, is this, are you mad because I doxed you? A little. Ha <laughs> 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 Yeah, this was a... I mean, I guess at least it was kind of refreshing to watch something that was, like, not really like what we had seen before. Yeah! Or maybe just anything feels better after watching Secret Door <laughs> last time. <laughs> I'll say this is definitely a better movie than, like, some of the more recent ones, but it's still, like... There is some... Fun ideas. Like, I guess the idea of Barbie as a superhero is kind of novel in and of itself, but, you know, it just... I agree. This movie needed some more, like, thematic cohesion to it. Yeah, and I I feel like the reason why I'm so down on this is just because, like, there was a lot of missed potential with this movie. Like, Like, the whole premise of Barbie as a superhero, there's a lot... And I mean, a lot of stuff that they could have done in order. Like, they like. put Barbie in a superhero position and they couldn't make a cooler bad guy. Oh my god. That's half the part, you know? I mean, that is half of the fun, having a good supervillain. Like, could you imagine it? It took a long time for the Marvel Cinematic Universe to realize that. But, <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah. They kind of got there sometimes. I-, I mean, aside from Killmonger, like, who, who do you think was an interesting villain? I mean, I liked uh, Kate Blanchett in a uh, oh, yeah, Thor hella. 3. Yeah, Ego from Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Ooh, I like that movie. Um, yeah, honestly, Thor Ragnarok, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Black Panther, those are kind of like, I feel like that's where Marvel peaked for me. Oh, yeah. Are you a, another one of those people like me that thinks like the second Guardians is actually way better than the first? Yes. Thank you. I'm like, I, I like the first, but the second one is just like. No, the second one just like better. punches you in the gut with all the feelings and all the found family tropes. And that is my shit. He may be your father, boy, but he wasn't your daddy. Yeah. I've never heard of anyone who liked the first Guardians movie over the second. I mean, I thought that was like, at least from what I've heard, that was like a common where people thought it like wasn't as good as the first one. But I don't huh. know. Interesting. But then again, a lot of people on the internet are wrong about That's their... also very true. Yeah. What would be your favorite, like, superhero movie? Okay. Well, if I had to put it in the top five, obviously, number one, Into the Spider-Verse. Spider-Man okay. Into the Spider-Verse oh, yeah. has just made it a benchmark. Like, I mean, before that, I do really dig the first two Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. Oh, I yeah. really dig the 1978 Superman movie. Um, Never watched well, that one. Uh, like, people call it corny, but it, it definitely holds up. It, it I is. guess, like, superhero... I mean, Superman isn't just the one I've ever really been super interested in. When you can pair Superman up with a good writer, like, he ends up having a lot of really interesting narrative depth. When, and when you have it, him just as, like, a bland paragon, you end up getting stuff like this movie, where it's just, like... Oh, let's maybe put like Zack Snyder has just ruined the Superman image for the next however uh, many so years. <laughs> now you've just forced me to imagine what a Zack Snyderified Barbie Princess Power movie would be. <laughs> oh God! Barbie just snapping the Duke's neck in, in order to realize that oh boy, killing is wrong. Barbie uh, reads some Atlas Shrugged, and she's like, "Actually, it's right for me to have all the power." Oh, God, you just know that that would be the take they would have. Oh, God. <laughs> so that's the movie. Um, what do you give this movie, Emma? Um, I give it, uh, I don't know, two and a half weird frog tongues out of five. I give this a sparkle uh, glitter ball out of five. It, it's It's got a lot of punch to it. It's got a lot of shimmer and shine but it poofs away and doesn't leave a whole lot of an impact at the end okay i don't know like i've listener if our distracted tone wasn't any indication enough there just didn't feel like a whole lot else to talk about with this movie like superheroes it's such a very uh trope laden genre and it's one that a lot of people are familiar with now especially nowadays with the superheroes being like the main type of movie out there yeah this just does end up reading 
a lot like a cynical cash grab in order to ape the Marvel movie style, but at the same time, like, I could see like that there might have been like some more heart put into this movie where they wanted to make something kind of like fun, yeah, that people could enjoy. But I mean, yeah, it just it just was missing something, you know? Yeah, I feel like if they decided to focus <laughs> on like one element, be it uh, that double identity struggle where she's like trying to balance her life as a princess and a superhero you could have gotten a decent story out of that maybe put more tension between the whole uh corinne and kara like dynamic there or even just like get a more interesting villain like or heck even make it so that barbie initially abuses her power but realizes oh geez i need to actually use my powers for good like they initially make it seem like that's going to be where they're going to go with this because Kara becomes so focused on like uh being the most famous superhero and like getting the likes and the followers and all that but they sort of end up dropping that whole plot thread in the last half of this movie they drop it like a brooklynite construction worker on the hot new york concrete mm, they drop it like kenbo's coffee yeah so what are we watching uh, after this well emma if anyone wants to know what the next movie is, they can follow us on our Twitter at Pod, where they can get the latest updates and Barbie memes that we've been posting. We've been a lot more active on the Twitter lately, uh, if, if you haven't already seen, listener. But yeah, give it a follow and I think you'll appreciate it. But uh, the next Barbie movie that we're going to be watching is Barbie in Rock and Rollers. Sorry. You mean Barbie in <laughs> Rock and Royals? It's a yeah, the first one it's about Barbie uh doing a roller derby. Oh my god. Listener, I would actually be very much down for a roller derby Barbie movie. Like some of these movies already have enough queer subtext in it as it is. Like why not get the lesbian sport? But yeah, no, this it's Barbie's fourth musical film which I don't know. That doesn't seem right. I feel like we've had more musicals. Yeah, because we've had... We had Princess, Princess and the Popper, Island Princess, uh, Diamond, Diamond Castle, Castle um, Princess and the Pop Star, Secret Door. So this is at least the sixth. Yeah, I don't know. One. Yeah, Barbie Movie Wiki, I don't know what, why you're classifying this as a fourth one, but... uh look forward to this one because apparently alongside this movie they had a special campaign where the barbie movies partnered up with a band called little mix who i guess were the winners of the x factor wow they sh they sure went far little mix a very successful <sighs> band yeah so uh I guess we'll, we can look forward to uh, what is definitely not going to be a gem ripoff. What is a gem? You know, gem? Gem is my name? Like, like... I'm kidding, I know outrageous. what gem is. Oh. Oh boy, and listener, you just know that this movie's got a lot of clout because the Barbie movie wiki has only three paragraphs in terms of its summary. Most of the other Barbie entries for these movies have like a full page just devoted to relaying the full events of the movie but not this one i don't know it's uh the premise of that one doesn't very thrill me <laughs> well i don't know we've been surprised in the past before so until then emma hey you done do the writing on the internet's and in all types uh, of places uh yeah i work for the shield at usi though by the time this episode's come out, I might have been graduated by then, so hopefully I'll be working at another place. I'm sure so. you will, because you, you're great. Oh, thanks. But as for me, listener, if you enjoy the work I done do on the internet, you can give me a follow on Twitter, at uh, Kathman Henry, or you can uh, follow my portfolio Tumblr page, henrykathman.tumblr.com. And alongside that... The portfolio is on Tumblr, so you know it's legit. Listen, I'll, I'll be able to cough up enough money for a Squarespace one day, but until then... <laughs>
I, I, I mean, I like keeping things on the Tumblr. I don't know. Uh, alongside that, if you want to support the stuff that I do here or on YouTube, youtube.com slash henrycathman, you can also chuck me a dollar a month on my Patreon. Uh, you can get access to different stuff early. You can access some exclusive hashtag content and uh, help me keep the lights on. I guess that. Let's I guess that's let's it. let's put some kryptonite in this uh, movie and end it once and for Man, all. Man, a kryptonite would have actually been a very interesting element to throw in this mix. Huh. But yeah, thank you very much for listening, true believers. Remember. With great power comes absolutely no responsibility because you're a royal. Comes great capitalism. Bye. (laughs) 